It's time to start thriving. Start thriving. Let's thrive. The more you know about your body, the better you can take care of it. It's time to take charge of your health. Here we are. So we're going to roll with that. Broadcasting to the Thrive Life community. So we're going to kind of dive into some of those ideas today. From the ACU of Texas Studios, let's thrive. I want to empower you to make that decision. This is Thrive Life Radio with your host, Amy Robison. Good morning, Thrive Life community. So glad to be with you this morning because today I am questioning the brules. Yes, brules with a B of our world and asking you to take a hard look at the belief systems that we just so readily accept. Where do these beliefs come from and are they even beneficial? And if you're wondering what in the world a brule is, well, you're just going to have to stick with me and find out because I'm not going to tell you quite yet. But I could have just said, you know, what it is, but that's that's it's just more a little more fun to make you a little intrigued and try to figure out what in the world I'm going to be talking about today. So I'm just going to kind of hold off on that until the second segment. So you're going to have to wait like a whole 15 minutes before I tell you what's going on. So (laughs) as always, I love being with you every week here live from the ACU of Texas Studios on Vinyl Draft Radio. I am Amy, your host, nutritionist and chief burnout slayer. I kind of love that line. Somebody gave it to me and I absolutely think it's fabulous. So now I'm just going to use it from here on out. So do you have an excuse for everything? Do you have a lot of excuses? Do you complain a lot? If so, get ready to kick them to the curb today on today's Thrive in Five. Here's Amy with this week's Five. Five. Thrive in Five. Okay, so I'm getting all Tony Robbins on y'all today. I have like multiple quotes built into the day. I don't really know why this just kind of happened last night as I was going through my notes and putting them together. And I'm like, I'm just going to use Tony Robbins today and give you all a little bit of incentive, give you some motivation to make some changes in your life because we all know how difficult change is, but sometimes we just need to take a look at why we're not doing it and see if we can come up with a different solution. So we like to make excuses, myself included, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. So here's your first quote of the day from Mr. Tony Robbins. Using the power of decision gives you the capacity to get past any excuse, to change any and every part of your life in an instant. Yes, in an instant, you can decide to do something different. You can move the excuses away, but it is truly the power of making a decision. And there's lots of different ways to do this and you know, so like Tony Robbins, he has his kind of like 90 second thing. If he's getting into a uh, pattern of thought or, you know, going down a rabbit hole or spiraling or something like that, like I can really imagine him doing this. But if you're going, you know, kind of spiraling down, he kind of gives it the 90 seconds, like within 90 seconds, he needs to make a different decision and change how he's thinking. And of course, he's been doing this for many years. He's very practiced at it. So that's something he can probably do really quickly. For those of us who aren't super practiced at that, it may take us a little bit longer. Maybe it takes a few minutes. Maybe it takes five. Maybe it takes a few hours. Maybe it takes a day. But you can absolutely get there and make a change in how you are thinking. But part of this is getting past the excuses that we're making. So I had this, um, I put a post out about this a couple days ago, a live video. And because it, how do I explain this? So I kind of had this epiphany the other morning um, in regards to my own, some of my own situation and that you guys that have followed me for a long time know my health story. I'm not going to go into that today, but you know, I got sick a couple of years ago really bad vertigo, really bad fatigue. So that's all I'm going to talk about that today. So over the past three years of getting better and of healing, I've still kind of have this, you know, excuse and underlying fear in the back of my mind that I'm going to get sick again. 
So, of course, there was a point where this was absolutely a legitimate thing. I really was sick, and I, 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 there were things that I could not do because of it. So it was not an excuse at the time. It was a legitimate reason. So there was a reason why I needed to make some different decisions about how I was living my life from day to day because there was things I could not do. So what I realized this week is that I'm now kind of using not kind of, I am using the fatigue side. So the vertigo is still there, but it's, it's, it's doable. I can, it, it's obnoxious some days, but it doesn't really bother me that much anymore. I can, I'm kind of used to it, but on the fatigue side and the energy side, I've had this fear in the back of my mind. And this has probably kind of been rolling around like the last six, eight months as my business is expanding. I'm doing new things. I've made some major shifts in my life. And so my fear has been that I am going to go backwards if I do too much or if I, you know, start moving out into these different arenas and, you know, have my own business. So there's, you know, added stress and added pressure on that. And my fear has been that if I do that, that I don't have the energy for it. Anytime something comes up, um, you know, somebody's asking me to do something, instead of just weighing, is this in alignment? Is this something I need to be doing? The first thing that comes to my mind is, am I going to have the energy for that? And again, you know, that was a legitimate reason at one point, but it's really not anymore. So I was telling the story about a, a few weeks ago, I was explaining to a friend what happened to me. And I was saying out loud that, you know, if I have something going on one day or I have a lot of events, a lot of clients where I'm really busy one day that I have to kind of monitor my energy and the next day I might have to take some more downtime. And so I'm saying all this stuff out loud. And then in the back of my head, there's like this, this voice saying, that's not true. (laughs) And so I'm having this conversation with my friend and at the same time, I'm having this argument in my head about that this is true. The voice is basically telling me, and this is my inner wisdom voice that's talking to me and having an argument with it. And it's telling me that that is not true, that I don't need to use that as an excuse anymore. And I'm saying, well, yes, it is true. I need to make sure I'm paying attention to that. I need to be taking it's self-care. I need to take care of myself. And what I wasn't realizing is that this voice that has been giving me the excuse, so the excuse of if I need to take something else on or I want to take something else on, oh, you need to be really careful. Oh, you sh- maybe you shouldn't work on that today. Maybe you just need to lay on the couch or maybe you just need to lay and do this. And sometimes that might be the truth. But a lot of times for me, I've noticed that it's not. It's more of a fear thing. So I'm using the excuse because I'm afraid to move into this other arena. I'm afraid to make a big decision. You know, I'm expanding my business business right now. Um, I'm moving into this big online, you know, eight week online program. It's all zoom coaching and I'm really excited about it, but I've been kind of dragging my feet a little bit on some certain things that I really want to get done because I'm afraid. So I'm using the excuse that once was a legitimate reason as to why I can't do more than what I'm doing right now. And so I'm holding myself back from completing things that are just going to serve more people. And the whole point of my business is to serve more people, specifically more women, um, because I just believe in women so much and I believe in their capacity and their potential. Um, So I'm actually been holding myself back. And so this came to me this week while I was on a call with um, my coach, who is absolutely amazing. And she did not call me out on this. In fact, we were not talking about this at all. She was just asking me, you know, what I was working on and 
asking me if I had started on kind of this next phase. And I was like, no, I haven't started on that next phase because I want to get this other thing done. And she basically was like, well, it's okay. Just go ahead and start in the next phase. I just need you to do a couple things. And so I said, okay. And the next morning is when I kind of realized that, wow, the first thing that came to my mind again was, am I going to have the energy for that? Which is so ridiculous because it's really just, it was really just me kind of going through a couple of videos and sitting and thinking and making some notes. That's all I had to do. It wasn't like this big, huge thing, but I was making it out into this big, huge thing in my mind because I was afraid I was not going to have the energy. And that's when I realized that the voice that had been telling me I don't have the energy was not was not my inner wisdom. It was my fear, my fear of going into this next maze, my fear of taking this next big step. And so I've almost kind of like held on to this excuse because it sounds very legit. You know, you say, oh, well, I have a, I have these health conditions and I have had this problem. And so when you tell people that of like why you can't do something or why you don't get something done, you know, their initial reaction is, oh, my gosh, I totally understand. But the reality is, is that's not that's not an excuse for me anymore. So my excuse needs to go by the wayside because what the real underlying issue is actually fear. It's fear of moving into this next big phase because it means change. Um and most of us are, you know, we have a hard time with change. I actually kind of thrive on change, but I still have that fear that's kind of sitting underneath. And so realizing it this week, you know, I, it's something I very much wanted to talk about because I think we all get into those patterns. We all get into those thought patterns of we're making excuses for things, but it's not. And, and again, it may have been a legitimate reason at one time. So I don't want to discount it. But at the same time, if you're making excuses for why you can't take a big step or why you can't move into another phase or why you can't make a big decision. It's a really good exercise to actually kind of sit and think about what is going on underneath, because I can almost guarantee that what's going on underneath is not the excuse itself, that that's probably not legitimate anymore. And like I was saying, I kind of had this almost a need to hold on to that because if I held on to it, then I had, again, you know, a quote unquote excuse as to why I couldn't, you know, take that next step to go into that next level of that next level of growth. And so because it's a scary thing, it's a scary thing to hop out into something like that. So if you've got something you can hold on to, you can make yourself small and you can hold yourself back and you're not going to step out and you're not going to shine and you're not going to be able to serve like you were meant to serve. And we're going to, I'm going to talk about gifts later because I think that's a really important part of this. So when it comes to letting go of excuses, the first thing you need to do is identify it. And it may take some time. Like I've had this going on in my head for six to eight months of thinking that this was a, still a real thing and not realizing if I just let it go that I will be okay. And that was kind of what my you know voice was telling me, like, you're okay. You're good. You're healed. You know, everything's fine. It's okay to let this go and move forward. And, you know, it's like my, my, my inner, my inner voice, like, I got you. You know, we, we can do this. We can move forward. So the first thing you need to do is identify that is actually an excuse and not a legitimate reason. So if there's something that you're wanting to do, let's just put it in that context, whether it's, you know, maybe you want to start a business or maybe you want to quit your job or maybe you want to move, you know, whatever it is, if there's something you want to do, 
the best thing to do here is to actually just make a list. So what are the reasons that are holding you back from doing that? And so write them all down and then take a really good hard look at them and don't just kind of like gloss over them. Okay, yeah, those are all good. Really sit down and actually kind of dive into each one and think about what it's telling you. And I know this is some inner work now, so I'm telling you to like get inside and get internal and tune in and figure it out. Don't ask other people about it, not yet. You need to do some work on your own because other people are going to see things from different perspective. And it's not that their perspective is wrong, but they don't know what your dreams are, what your goals are. And so they may not be able to give you the kind of advice that your, again, inner wisdom can give you if you sit with it long enough to hear it. So make a list and take a look at it and say, okay, are these legitimate reasons that I can't make this big next step? And they might be or are they excuses? If they're excuses, now you take the next step. What's underneath that excuse? Am I afraid? I mean, that's probably going to be the number one thing is that there's some fear in there keeping you from letting go of the excuse. And I think that's a really key phrase of letting go of the excuse because it is a choice to hold on to it. Like I was choosing to hold on to the excuse of, will I be too tired to do something? I was, I was making the choice, you know, conscious choice to hold on to it because I was afraid of what it meant to let it go. And that's kind of a, an interesting thing to think about. Again, I, now I've been thinking about this for a couple of days of, you know, the things that we hold on to that hold us back. And once we realize they're there, when you let it go, it's like a huge weight off your shoulders and it allows you to move into things It allows you to see more clearly about where you're going as opposed to where you've been. And it gives you that opportunity to step forward. So the first thing you're going to do is make your list reasons, excuses. Once you see all the excuse, once you have identified the actual excuses, then I want you to go into what's underneath it. And so you're going to make a list of why um, you're holding on to that excuse and then determine if, if you're willing or ready to let it go. And the answer might be no, and that's okay. But if you want to take that next step, you're going to have to find a way to let it go. So here's the next step in that. So now you want to decide what can you commit to yourself around this thing that you're trying to do for the next 90 days. And this is a commitment to yourself. And it's interesting how we are, a lot of times we are very ready to make a commitment to somebody else who needs something from us. We'll do, you know, we don't want to let them down. So we're going to do whatever it takes to make sure we accomplish what they've asked us to do for them or help them with, but we're not so willing to do that for ourselves. So I'm asking you to make a 90 day commitment to yourself that you don't want to let yourself down. So I know that might sound kind of strange, but it's very, very true. And I think I think I was reading something about that in maybe it was Rachel Hollis's book, um, Girl, Wash Your Face. Actually, I was listening to it because I have an audible. Um, and I thought that was very interesting that we are just not really willing to not let ourselves down. Um, but we, um, or I should say, we don't want to let other people down, but we're kind of okay with letting ourselves down. We just like, oh, we, we find our excuses of why we, why we don't need to hold up to that commitment. So I want you to decide on something that you can commit to, to yourself for 90 days. And I want you to hold yourself accountable every single day. So whether that's journaling, whether that's just sitting and thinking about it or making a task list and checking things off, whatever that is for you, however it works for you, that's what I want you to do this for this next 90 days is decide what you can commit to for yourself let go of the excuses and work every day to not let yourself down because you are worth the effort. Your dreams are worth the effort. You just need to step out and drop the excuses and go. 
All right. So coming up next, find out how a tribe in the Amazon challenges the brules of drinking water. Listen to previous episodes in our audio archives. Connect with us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. You won't want to miss what's next. This is Thrive Life Radio with Amy Robinson. What would you like from your bank or credit union? How about a mobile app that makes banking simple? How about free online banking and mobile bill pay? How about loan decisions made locally? How about 15 convenient locations? Associated Credit Union of Texas has all of these and more. Sounds like you should get associated. Or go online to TeakinSmiles.com Because seeing your dentist shouldn't be a pain. Welcome back, Thrive Life community. So I'm totally Tony Robinsing you all today with a bunch of quotes just because I want to give you some extra motivation going into the end of your month as we kind of head towards the end of the year. So here is your segment one quote. One reason so few of us achieve what we truly want is that we never direct our focus. We never concentrate our power. Most people dabble their way through life, never deciding to master anything in particular. And I love this quote because I love the idea of whatever it is you're passionate about. And it doesn't matter if it's knitting, if it's building an empire, if it's, you know, singing, reading, you know, being like a fast reader, it doesn't matter what it is. What do you want to master and be really good at? And it doesn't have to be for anybody else but you. But what do you want to really master and just be, you know, the top in your own mind? (laughs) What do you want to be the top in your own mind at? So one thing I want to talk about today are something called brules. Um, I came across this term earlier this year listening to this great um, interview with Vishen Lakiani. He's one of my favorite authors um, on impact theory. And so... I don't remember what the, what, what the title of it was that caught my attention. I had never heard of him before, and but whatever it was, it caught my attention. So I hopped in and listened. It's about an hour long. And as I listened to him talk, I realized, oh my gosh, everything this guy is saying. I feel like this has been in my head for a really long time, but I just didn't have any context or any way to verbalize it. So... One of his big things that he talks about are called rules. So that's rules with a B in the front. And what rules are, are bullshit rules. So when he's talking about the rules, it's it's kind of like rethinking everything that we've been taught um, and questioning everything. And it's, you know, he goes into some, you know, fairly controversial things, you know, including religion and politics and things like that. And I'm not going to do that today. But, you know, it's interesting because in and sometimes you think, well, maybe this is just like the midlife crisis thing. You know, you're in your late 30s, early 40s, and you start to question things. But I'm realizing I've been questioning things for a really long time. Like, is it, why, why do we do certain things? Why is this? Why do we do things the way that we do them? Why do we think the way that we think? You know, why do we behave the way that we behave? You know, where does, where does it come from? You know, where did it get started? And that's kind of what he was challenging. It's, it's, you know, and he was, so he was talking about some of his experience of growing up as um, a Hindu and he was asking his mom, you know, well, why can't we eat beef? Cause I think that he said there was like a McDonald's that came in, you know, it, really near his house and he didn't and he thought it looked like the greatest thing ever and all these people are eating it but he's not allowed to so he asked his mom 
why that was, why they weren't allowed. And so she kind of explained it and he still was just not understanding. He's like, well, why? And she said, well, why don't you go research and look it up? So he did. And so he came back to her with the conclusion that they didn't eat beef because they were keeping cows as pets and they thought they just had these beautiful eyes so they didn't want to eat them. That was his logic as like an eight-year-old or something like that. So I'm, I, 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 always, I would love to see what the look on her face would have been when he gave her this story. But, you know, he was very reasoned out, very well thought out. And she said, okay, well, you can eat beef. And so he did eat it and he said it really wasn't that great. But that was kind of the beginning of challenging the status quo, challenging why we think the way we think. It's like, well, because we always have. Well, if you do what you've always done, you're going to get what you always got. So maybe we need to move beyond, you know, the rules and start thinking a bit outside the box. So a couple of really good examples um, of this are, and I'm probably going to totally butcher this story, but the example was, you know, a grandmother who made meatloaf and she always cut the ends of the meatloaf off when she served it. And then so her daughter did the same thing and then her daughter did the same thing. And no one questioned why you would cut the ends of the meatloaf off <laughs> before you serve it, which does seem like a bit of a strange thing. So someone did finally question, well, why are you why are you cutting the ends of the meatloaf off, off when you serve? I don't know, because I've always done it that way. Well, going back a couple generations, the reason that the ends of the meatloaf were cut off is because it was too big to fit in the serving platter. So the ends were cut off so it fit on the serving platter nicely when you put it out on the table. So that's the reason it was actually done. But here, three generations later, they're still doing the same thing but they have no idea why they're doing it. And so you see how things can get passed down that we don't question. We just continue the same thing, the same tradition, if you want to call it that. Um, but we don't really know where it came from and why. And is it still beneficial today? I mean, I would say cutting the ends of the meatloaf off is not beneficial because I would want to eat that. I mean, who doesn't want to eat the ends, especially if it like has bacon on it or something? I mean, come on. So you don't want to lose the ends of the meatloaf, but you, they've lost it for all of these years because they didn't question why that was being done in the first place. Because it's kind of a strange thing to cut the ends of the meatloaf off, just saying. So that's a really good example of continuing to do something over and over again, year after year, you know, generation after generation without questioning why that's in place in the first place. So another good example that um, Vishen gives in his book, which is one of my favorite books, is called The Code of the Extraordinary Mind. And it's absolutely fantastic. I, I, li- I have it on Audible, so I listen to it all the time. I listen to it going to sleep just because I think the things that he's saying are so true and so important. Um, again, because I don't really fit anywhere. I've always kind of felt like I don't, I don't really fit. I've, I've always felt like a little bit separate, a little bit odd. Um, like I don't fit in any box. And every time I try to fit in a box, it ends up really bad for me. So I end up having to like tear down the box and walk out of the box and be myself again. And then I'll try to get back into another box because I'm like, oh, well, maybe this is me or, oh, well, maybe this is where I fit in. Even as being a nutritionist, I know I'm kind of spiraling off here a minute, but even as a nutritionist, I don't fit in the box of what that means. So I do believe that food is important and I think it's a foundational piece, but the whole person is so much more important to me. You know, what they're thinking, you know, where, again, questioning their own roles, their own roles. How did they get to where they they are now? What did they want to be when they were a kid? And how does that translate to today? And if they were a little kid looking at their life now, you know, what would they be proud of themselves? Would they be cheering themselves on? You know, those are the things that interest me and that I want to know about my clients more so than just what's going on with the food. It's like, okay, let's get the food dialed in and all that stuff. But 
So I don't fit in the box of being a nutritionist. And so in some ways that's been challenging for me because I have to now kind of recreate the wheel, which again, you know, that like I was talking about in in the intro, you know, that that kind of underlying fear of stepping out and letting go of the excuses of trying to fit in the box and creating something that is truly just, you know, from me and from what I feel like I need to put out in the world. So I am questioning my own roles and I'm questioning, you know, every time I get into something new, I have to question it. Does this, where did this come from? Why do we think this, you know, in the food world? Oh my gosh, this is huge. I mean, just think of the past 30, 40 years, how we have, you know, we've had all of these different, you know, rules in place of don't eat fat, you know, eat high carbohydrate. Now it's eat lots of fat and don't eat, don't eat carbohydrates or, you know, cholesterol is going to kill you or, you know, all of these things that have been in place in these ideas and concepts. And some of them are still there and they're clinging on for dear life. Although we're trying to, you know, you know, cut them away as quickly as we can. But then it makes me think of, okay, so here's where we are now. And we have all of this amazing progress, scientific progress and things like that. But are we just going to end up 30 years from now saying those were all also a bunch of bullshit rules that we came up with? So it, and I mean, that's part of the human experience and part of the learning and the growth experience is we learn and we know more. And once we know more, we do better. And so that's all part of the progression. But, you know, challenging what we've been thinking about is really, really important. It's scary. It's really scary, especially when you start getting into, you know, religion or politics or, you know, education, healthcare. Once you start challenging those things, things start coming to light that you just can't ignore anymore. You can't ignore, you can't sweep them on the rug. You can't pretend like you don't know it. You know, it's like being in the matrix, taking the red pill or the blue pill. You know, you're not going to be able to go back. So once you have knowledge and once that knowledge is expressed, you can't just go back to not knowing it. It's there. Even if you try to push it down and if even if you try to like suppress it, it's going to come up at some point because that seed's been planted and it cannot help but grow at some point. So anyway, another really good example of, of you know, questioning the way that we think and what we think we need to be doing is um, in the book, again, The Code of the Extraordinary Mind. He was giving this great example. He was in the Amazon, I think, with his wife and they were visiting a tribe and I, I don't recall the name of it, um, but it within that tribe they didn't they didn't have access to clean water so there was like some ponds or something nearby but that's where they bathed that's where they played you know washed things so it wasn't something that you drank so they did not have access to clean filter water they did not drink clean filter water to them that was crazy because it would kill you it'd be really really bad for you so this is what they did instead so they, um, the women of the tribe, would chew on cassava root, and the spit, along with the cassava, would then sit in some kind of a container, and it would ferment, killing off the bacteria, and then um, making kind of like an alcohol, essentially. And so this is what they drink. They didn't drink water. Like, we think of, you know, drinking filtered water every single day. We need to have our eight glasses of water every day, and I'm not telling you not to drink water, so don't, and drink alcohol instead. I mean, that's your choice, but I'm not telling you to. Do not drink water. But for them, that was crazy. That was not, that's not part of their tradition. That's not part of their, you know, pass on wisdom. Their pass on wisdom was that you don't drink water because it's dangerous for you. So you drink this other concoction, this fermented, you know, beverage, which sounds completely awful to us. I mean, spit and cassava root sounds really, really gross, but apparently they craved it and loved it. And it was like the greatest thing ever, but it sounds absolutely disgusting to me. But so again, 
So questioning, okay, well, where did all of this drinking, all of this water come from? Because having clean filtered water hasn't been something that's just been around for, you know, generations and generations and centuries and centuries. So why do we feel like we need to do this today? And again, I'm not telling you not to drink water. I drink water every day. I feel better when I drink water every day. So I absolutely do it. But It's just another example of for that particular society, that was weird. You know, drinking filtered water, drinking water would kill you. So they don't do it. But, you know, on the flip side over here, it's like, well, doing what they're doing sounds crazy and we should be drinking water. And so it's, again, that kind of should. This is what we should be doing. And we're not questioning where that came from. So again, I'm not telling you not to drink water and only drink alcohol, but <laughs> saying. So I think it's a really interesting idea, though, to kind of think about the different traditions we have all around the world. And everybody has their own idea based on what they've grown up with, based on what they've been taught, based on the rules you know, that they've been exposed to. And we don't often question them. So as we move forward and this is what he calls the culture scape so all of the rules of the all the rules and the rules of the culture scape and how those have impacted us and how they kind of design our lives for us and we kind of move in an ebb and flow in what those in what those rules have set up and so now it's kind of it's t- that time to say, well, how many systems do we have in place um, that are either outdated and no longer available? So think about the systems that we have. Let's just talk about the education system because it is it is outdated. So we have this education that's been system that's been in place since, you know, the early 1900s or, you know, night, let's just say like 1940, 1950, where it was very regimented. You know, we're all sitting in desks, we're all facing the leader and we're all being kind of, you know, given information and downloading it into our system. So that's been kind of the setup that we've had. Well, think about how we can learn today as opposed to then, where you know you can be online. You don't have to be in a classroom. You can have small classrooms and have you know a teacher somewhere else in the world do all of the teaching. We don't have to have the setup that we do today. And there's definitely evidence that the setup we have today doesn't work because people learn so differently. So to put everybody in a classroom and line them up and make them sit there and pay attention for an hour is very challenging, especially today when we're so super distracted and we you know all basically have ADD and can't pay attention to anything past about you know 90 seconds. So. It doesn't work today. So do we need to challenge the way that the system is set up and say, we need to start moving in another direction? Is this going to happen overnight? Absolutely not. But we need to start moving in a different direction that does work more for today. So, but again, it's challenging a rule that says you need to do this. You need to sit in a desk and you need to pay attention to the teacher, which I'm not telling you not to do that. So you need to sit in a desk and pay attention to the teacher and do it from this perspective. And then once you get done with school, you need to go to college and, you know, down and down and down. It's like, well, is that really the case? Do we need to follow that rule anymore? Or do we need to expand and do something different? And I know that's kind of a scary thing, but again, we need to take a look at what's in place now and what the future holds and what kind of future we want to create. And that's all, that's what, you know, challenging the rules is all about. What future do you want to create? And can you let go of things that are no longer needed for you? So if you can't change your mind, you can't change your life and how this applies to my love of coffee coming up next. Hear what's next. Next. Right. This is Thrive Life Radio with Amy Robison. Wish you could hear more Thrive Life Radio? You can. Follow us on SoundCloud, subscribe in iTunes, and Google Play Music. Every episode, every week. Good people of Texas, cast aside the everyday and come as thou art not to the Texas Renaissance Festival. 
feast and frolic amongst nobility, barbarians, and magical creatures. Create your own fantasy with clothing, jewelry, and more from hundreds of one-of-a-kind shops. The Texas Renaissance Festival. Nine weekends of feasting and merriment starting September 29th. Get your tickets now at texrenfest.com. Huzzah! If you have a vehicle registered in Texas, you can join artists like Lyle Lovett, Pat Green, Randy Rogers, and more when you purchase a Texas music license plate from the Texas DMV. 22 out of the $30 fee goes directly towards the Texas Music Office, which funds music lessons and instruments for under-resourced school children, as well as towards funding live music and community music programs all around the state. Just head to texasmusicoffice.com or the Texas DMV for more info on how to order your Texas music specialty license plate. Coastal Shade Company is the Houston and Gulf Coast leader in outdoor shade coverings. From palapas to pergolas, pavilions, and more. Looking for an outdoor kitchen or fireplace? Contact us today at 832-917-7672 or visit us online at coastalshadeco.com. Elite Care 24-Hour Emergency Room in Leak City offers all of the services found at a traditional hospital emergency room, but adds very short wait times, a clean and comfortable location, and outstanding service. The goal? For you to see an emergency room physician within 10 minutes of your visit and to provide you with the best, most comfortable experience while you're with them. Elite Care 24-Hour is located at 2530 Gulf Freeway in League City. Call 281-337-7500. Welcome back, everyone. All right, so beliefs have the power to create and the power to destroy. Human beings have the awesome ability to take any experience of their lives and create a meaning that disempowers them or one that can literally save their lives. Yes, another Tony Robbins quote. And I read this one over and over again when I was looking at this last night. And because it's so incredibly true, the thing, you know, and again, going back to talking about the rules, the bullshit rules that we, you know, have been kind of surrounded by and grown up with. And some of them may still be legitimate, but some of them may need to go by the wayside. And what we believe about those rules can either destroy us or it can empower us. And I think the second part of that is that, you know, we have the ability to take an experience and create a meaning that disempowers or one that can save your life. And I mean, I can absolutely say this from personal experience. I have made decisions that have definitely made me completely disempowered, you know, made me very small, made me feel very, you know, uh, weak and unworthy. Um, But then I've also made decisions that have absolutely (laughs) saved my life. And were they scary at the time? Hell yes, they were very scary at the time. But having done that and, you know, made that decision and realized the power of making a decision um, that can save your life. I can't even, I can't really put into words what that does for you as a human being, but we all have that possibility. We all have the potential, you know, to make that decision. But again, it's the power of making the decision and it's the power of changing that belief system. And it's, it's not easy. I'm just going to tell you, it's not easy to change a belief system that you've had for a really long time. It takes some, it takes some guts. It takes some, you know, a little bit of grit and determination in order to do that. (laughs) Why are you throwing shit at that? (laughs) So I just got pummeled with, um, Whoppers, Snickers. Was I being too serious? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but it was a good conversation with myself. It was. That was Tegan's idea, by the way. Tegan, thank you. <laughs> I wish y'all could have saw that because I was like, what the hell is happening? 
watching right now as a Twix. Like, you'll see it on YouTube. You'll see it on, yeah, yeah, you'll have to go to YouTube on what, like Monday? Monday it'll be ready for them. Go to YouTube on Monday and you can see the replay of me getting pummeled by um, Candy. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I don't know if I can get back to my train of thought. <laughs> Just kidding. I, I totally can. So my belief is that this candy will probably make me feel really terrible, so I'm not going to eat it. But if y'all want to eat it, have at it. Tegan's given me a really nasty look. No, it'll really make me feel like crap. Although it looks really good and it actually kind of smells good. So <laughs> my belief is that the candy will make me feel terrible. And I think that belief will probably be made manifest if I try to eat it. So anyway, where was what was I talking about? So making the decision to either save your life or making a decision that disempowers you, you know, depends on your belief system. And you can change these beliefs. Again, it's not it's not easy. And it takes that grit and that, you know, kind of determination and it takes some strength in order to do that especially if something's really big um it's not usually something you can just kind of flippantly decide to do you can but you're probably going to have to bring in something underneath in order for it to actually happen so so i had some of my belief systems challenged yesterday i was watching this video um from Ari Witten, he he has the energy blueprint and I, I'm just a nerd. So I like anything that has to do with energy production. And so it's talking about cellular regeneration and mitochondrial function and all this crazy stuff. And so I'm <laughs> watching this and he's, of course, because you're talking about energy production, he's, he had to go into coffee. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this. I want to see what he has to say about coffee because you, you all know how much I love coffee. I drink it every day. So he really challenged my belief on coffee. So now I have to actually kind of sit and think about this and it's bothering me because I don't want to, but I know that I need to, because again, now that I know this, it's not going to go away. (laughs) I have to actually consider it. So here's kind of what he was talking about. So when it comes to coffee, um, we, most people who drink coffee get some kind of lift from it. So it lifts your mood. Um, it lifts your focus and there, you know, you can actually, you know, point this on a graph and you can see on a graph and have it measured that, you know, your focus and your energy and your mood actually increase after you drink coffee. The reason this is, it's not necessarily just because of, just because of the caffeine, but it's actually because also because of a neurotransmitter called adenosine. So adenosine is a neurotransmitter that's released to kind of calm things down and almost kind of make you tired for good reasons. And what caffeine does is when it goes in, it blocks adenosine receptors. So by blocking those receptors, the adenosine doesn't go in, it doesn't tire you down. So now you're getting this lift and this boost from the caffeine. Of course, there's other things to it too, but let's just stick with this one. Um, So adenosine production doesn't necessarily get turned off. So now you've got a bunch of adenosine in your body. Again, so adenosine slows things down. So when the caffeine wears off and those receptors basically become unblocked, now it's like this rush of the adenosine into the receptors, which makes you go and get another cup of coffee because now you've got this downturn. So that's where we see like the having to use the coffee all day long um, to keep the energy levels up because you're going to get these, you know, these lifts and these crashes and these lifts and these crashes. And if you have followed me for a while, you know that when I talk about, you know, getting an up and a down, that it's really stressful on your body. So So this is kind of what he was talking about. And so he wasn't saying don't drink coffee. Um, He was saying it's actually more beneficial when you cycle it. So 
because you're not getting that kind of overload and overwhelm. And he was saying in one point that it's the coffee, the caffeine and coffee is not as effective if you drink it every day. And I was like, well, but I get those benefits every day when I drink it. See, I was, I was being kind of a baby about it because I didn't want to have to give up coffee. So I was being a bit of a baby as I was watching this. And so he was saying, you know, you don't have to give it up, but it is more beneficial if you cycle it. And I'm like, all right, you're going to have to explain this one to me because I get definitely feel those benefits every day. So What he was saying is that when you're using it every day, it's not actually the caffeine that by itself that's giving you the lift. It's the fact that you have to go through a caffeine withdrawal and then a reinitiation of the caffeine. So you're actually, the benefit is that you go through withdrawal. So your baseline of energy actually lowers and then you have to bring the coffee in to just get you back up to baseline again. So you're not getting an increase like up above your baseline energy. You're actually just coming back up to baseline. That made total sense to me. I was like, okay, I can, I can see that, that I'm, 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 I'm letting go of my pouting a little bit. You know, I can, I can see that. So again, this is challenging a belief system for me. I'm, I'm going to have to change my mind about this. And I'm a little mad about it because it, what he said made sense. And I have to, I, you know, I could of course make the choice to just say whatever, and I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, but I am who I am. And once something's challenged like that, I actually have to think about it and reevaluate. So as far as the cycling goes, you basically would cycle on, like you would drink coffee for, you know, maybe one to three days, and then you would be off for one to three days. And so it's, you have to do it more than just every other day. So a minimum of two days in between, um, in order for you to get the real benefit. So your body's not reliant on keeping you at baseline, but your body will actually, you know, go up above that baseline and give you more improved energy and more improved focus and better mood. So the, the, the coffee ends up just, you know, kind of, lessening your ability to get up above your baseline energy status. So doing that is beneficial. He said you could also do like two weeks on, two weeks off. That would also be beneficial. And what he recommended was that you go off coffee from anywhere from three to six weeks to get the caffeine completely out of your system before you start that. And I'm like, oh God, I have to go off coffee for three to six weeks. So I'm actually thinking of doing this. I'm going to re reevaluate and look at it, but That's just a really good example of challenging a belief system that I hold very dear because I love drinking coffee every single day. I don't necessarily need to use it for like the up. I just actually really enjoy drinking coffee. So I can pretty easily not drink it and I don't get the headaches from it, but it's just something I really enjoy. So I am now having to challenge this belief system that I hold near and dear to my heart because I've been given new information that makes me look at it in a different, from a different perspective, from new information. And now again, I know this, so I have to make a conscious choice of what I'm going to do about it. And again, I could just say, oh, forget that. I just, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And that's perfectly fine. It's a legitimate thing to do. But at the same time, for me and the way that I think and the way that I kind of, you know, work through my life when something when when I'm approached with something like that, especially if it makes me irritated, <laughs> then I know I really need to look at this and say, oh, "Okay, I need to I'm not that I need, but I I really want to take a look at this because I'm getting a little annoyed and irritated by the fact that someone's challenging me on it. So, because I'm annoyed and irritated, now I have to figure out why." So, 
that's just an example of, you know, having to change your belief system when something, when your approach was something different. And again, when you challenge, when you change your belief system, it is essential to growth and progress. So I could, by changing the way that I'm drinking coffee, I could actually transform my energy levels, which I was talking about before that I have this fear of having low energy levels. So I could go through this process and see if it actually makes a difference. And if it does, now I grow and progress in something that I'm doing. I grow and progress by sharing that with other people and, you know, in service to the people that I work with and helping them improve their energy levels. So it's okay to question everything. Even if you come up with the same solution that you'd had before or the same, you know, I could question this and say, you know what, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And that's perfectly fine. You can still come up to the same conclusion. But if you question something, and especially if it irritates you and it makes you up uncomfortable, it makes you upset, it's almost even more of a reason to question it and find out why. And again, you might come to the same conclusion and that's okay. But if you don't and you question it and you decide you need to move on to something different, you could just completely transform your life. And I know that sounds super cheesy, but it's absolutely the truth. And that doesn't mean it's like this big thing, but um, it might be for you. It might be a huge thing for you. So It's a good thing to kind of look at your own outdated models of reality. You know, take a look at the things that you do every day. Are they really necessary? You know, being nice to people is necessary and probably showering and brushing your teeth and putting on deodorant is necessary. But look at the other behavior patterns that you have or things, you know, little things that you have in place that you're doing on a day to day basis and just question it. You know, again, Make a list of things that you're like, hmm, where did this come from? Why do I think this way? And start questioning it because you might find that you have a belief system that's really limiting for you, that's holding you back, that's making you feel like crap, and you're not sure where it came from, and you probably need to find out because it may take you to a whole different level in your life. It may make you a better person. It may make you a nicer person. So challenging yourself, especially when it's uncomfortable, can be really helpful for you to move forward into just a whole different area of your life. So Coming up, giving yourself credit is not being an arrogant jerk. It just might have the power to change someone's life. For more info on today's show, go to VinylDraftRadio.com. Click links and guests. Vinyl Draft Radio. When you're looking for a new home, John Wilkinson can help answer questions related to obtaining a mortgage lender up to finding and securing the best home for you. John will take your best interests as his own and provide valuable property and neighborhood information that is important to your family. Call John at 281-974-0739 or email him at john at jwgetsitsold.com to start looking for your new home. Lamont Brands is a veteran-owned business serving the Houston Clear Lake area and beyond. Their in-house capabilities include screen printing, embroidery, rhinestones, heat press transfers and thermal flex design, as well as e-commerce solutions and on-site fulfillment. If you're looking to brand your business through custom apparel and or promotional products, Lamont Brands should be your first and only call. Lamont Brands is located at 920 Gemini in Houston. Give them a call at 281-286-7553 or visit them online at lamontbrands.com. Hey family, it's Kyle Jones with iCryoCryotherapy. If you're looking to lose some weight, maintain a healthy lifestyle, or really just get back into that pepped up attitude you had when you were a teenager, stop by for a whole body cryotherapy session a day. If you're looking for that daily mood enhancement, maybe that natural energy rush, or you're looking to recover from a vigorous workout, whole body cryotherapy is a revolutionary treatment that is changing the lives of many for the better. 
Elevating your lifestyle is our number one priority. Plug into our website and find a location nearest you at iCryo.com. Lori Coppett. A name you can trust. Lori Coppett. A branch manager with Prime Lending serving the Clear Lake area for over 28 years. Lori. Why are you saying it like that? Coppett. Helping hundreds of satisfied clients with their home loan needs. Lori. Seriously. Coppett. If you're purchasing, refinancing, or renovating your home, visit LCOPPOCK.com to get the professional service you need. MLS number 176539, Equal Housing Lender. Lori Coppett. No, for God's sake. All right, so your very final Tony Robbins quote of the day, which I know you all have just been waiting on the edge of your seat for me to give you, is, for changes to be of any true value, they have to be lasting and consistent. Consistency is the key to making changes, whether you're, you know, going after the the rules, the bullshit rules in your life, or you're just looking at the excuses that you make and wanting to let go of some of those. Again, making that conscious decision to let go of things um, that are no longer serving you is completely okay. You do not have to justify that to anybody. You know, one of the sayings I love is that you do not have to be the same person you were five seconds ago, five minutes ago, you know, 15 minutes ago, five days ago, or five months ago, five years ago. And you don't need to justify that to anybody. You have the right to change and to grow and to be the person that you feel like you need to be. So consistency is definitely the key to making any kind of a change. And and like it says, you know, to be, to have really true value for you and for the people around you or, you know, helping someone make a change. And yes, change is hard and it it takes working through those belief systems and those patterns and challenging them and maybe being a little bit uncomfortable. So I always say it's good to be in the discomfort, even though it doesn't necessarily feel good. It's good to be uncomfortable because it means something's happening and something's changing. Um, So what I want to kind of talk about is bringing your gifts out and how you're living, how you're living those. So a question I like to ask is, are you humble or are you hiding? So we tend to think that we shouldn't be showcasing who we are. We should be, you know, oh, not not being proud of who we are, not being confident in who we are. And um, by doing that, we're being arrogant jerks, you know. <laughs> and but what it really is when you are living in your gifts and what your genius at, you know, what your sweet spot is, when you're living that out, and not only changes your life, it changes the life of people around you. And I can tell you that from personal experience. When I step out into the world in a certain level of energy. Um, it, things, weird things happen. Like random people will come up and start conversations with me or, you know, I'll, you know, be walking by and someone will say something, you know, I'll just strike up a conversation with just random people. Um, when I step out into the energy that I know that I have into those gifts that I know that I have. And one of those gifts is just believing in people. And so when I project that energy out, it's just, it's really strange how people just kind of pop into my, pop into my life like that. So But it takes me doing that and not being afraid of it, not being ashamed of it and not feeling like I am, you know, being arrogant about it because that's not what it is. It's that I know that there's something in me that is serving me, but it's also going to serve the people around me. And it's almost kind of I feel a bit of a responsibility to develop that and to walk out in that. So 
there's a couple different questions that you can ask yourself around this. Um, oh, so the other before I do that, the other part, you know, the humble part is, you know, that not not feeling like you should share who you really are because, you know, we need to be, especially as women, um, we need to kind of like, oh, we're, we're, we're just, you know, nice and sweet and all that kind of stuff. But we really need to just be like, you know, bold and, you know, brilliant and fierce. And that's really who we are. So the other one is, are you hiding? Um, so you could be just feeling like that thing that you don't want to, you know, you don't want to pat yourself on the back, but then you could also be hiding from, from bringing your gifts out um, because you're, you're afraid. And, you know, I've talked about fear kind of through this whole show today and my own fear is about, you know, stepping into different areas of my life and expanding my business and, you know, making some major life changes recently. And there's a lot of fear around that. And so part of that was deciding to not hide anymore and not hold myself back and let go of the excuses that were holding my back so I can just, you know, stand out and shine and have that energy that I know that I have inside of me that I know makes a difference for people around me, not just myself. So are you humble or are you hiding? So one of the questions that you can ask yourself to start moving away from those two things, whether it's one or the other, is what is the vision for your life? What is that big, you know, you, know, you could make a vision board. Um, I don't think I've actually ever made a vision board before. I think I've made them in my head. Um, but you could do something like that. But what is the vision you have for your life? What is it that you want to accomplish? Who do you want to be? And when you, when you talk about that, um, the vision, then you need to ask yourself, are you living in congruence with your gifts? Because that's how that vision kind of comes into focus and comes into place. So are you living out? Are you doing actions every day that are in congruence with the gifts that you have? Or is there a big gap there? And so, you know, you have these, you know, gifts or these ideas of who you want to be and they're not, the actions aren't matching your vision. So who do you need to become in order to attain that vision? So, you know, if you're, if you want to be a motivational speaker, but you're negative Nelly, well, obviously that doesn't work very well. So who do you have to become if that's what you want to be? And that's your vision. And that's who, that's what you're, you know, striving for. Well, you can't be, you know, negative Nelly down in the dirt all the time. Now that doesn't mean you plaster a fake smile on your face and going around and saying how happy you are all the time when really you're just pissed off because that's not going to work either. So you have to figure out who do you want to be to become that. If you want to become that motivational speaker, what are the steps that you're going to have to take to get there? What, um, what gifts that you know that you have, if you're wanting to be that person, what gifts are you going to have to develop so that your actions start to become incongruence so you can start to live out that vision? So that's a really good question to ask is, who are you now? Who is it? What is it that you want to accomplish? And that could be anything. That could be being a great parent. That doesn't need to be something, you know, career focused. You want to be the greatest parent ever. So if you don't feel like you're being a great parent or and you want to kind of, you know, bridge that gap, well, what 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 skills maybe do you need to develop or you need to work on your compassion or empathy or do you need to be more of a disciplinarian? You know, whatever that is. What are you now and who do you want to become and how do you make that happen? That's another great place to just sit down and do some internal thinking and make some lists of, you know, how do you get there? And that's an, that's a, a process that only you can take. Nobody else can tell you how to do that. I can't sit here and, and say this is how you do that um, beyond telling you. You need to find a way to make those congruent. And so you're stepping out into the world as the person that you see yourself as. And you can get there, but it does take some work and some time and some effort. And I know a lot of times we don't like to do that, but it depends on how far you want to take yourself. So the other thing is, you know, you have to give yourself credit. You have to give yourself credit for who you are, what you've accomplished and what you've been through. And that is okay. That is not being arrogant. That is not being a jerk. That is saying, Hey, 
I have, I have done X, Y, Z, and I'm really proud of that. Or I went through this situation and I got to the other side and I'm really proud of that. Or, you know, just who you are in general, you know, in the things that people don't see, that's the other things when you, when you open the door for someone or you give, you walk by and give somebody a compliment for doing a great job just because, and nobody else sees that you're doing this, but you know, that this is something that you feel like you need to do. So that is part, and that's giving yourself credit for who you are. And that's a good thing. You need to build yourself up because nobody else can do that for you. People can tell you you're awesome all day long. Um, but until you actually believe it, it doesn't make any difference. So Look at the things that you have accomplished. Look at where you've come from, from, you know, look at what you've been through and give yourself a little credit. Give yourself a break. Be a little bit more gentle with yourself and, you know, realize that you probably are pretty awesome. You just can't really see it yet. So that, that takes some practice and it takes some kind of internal thinking about all the things that you've been through and where you are now and realizing that you're doing a pretty dang good job. So it's OK to pat yourself on the back. In fact, it's really, really vital to pat yourself on the back and say that you're doing a good job. Even in the thick of things, when it doesn't feel that way, believe me, you're doing better than you think you are. So the last thing is noticing um, your daily choice, how your daily choices can change how you show up in your life. So again, that's kind of talking about you know, I think the example that I heard once, which I thought was really good was, you know, you're driving in traffic and, you know, here in Houston, the traffic for, to me is just atrocious. So you're driving in traffic and someone cuts you off. Um, you have two choices. You can either flip them off and get really mad and maybe like follow them for a while, or you can just say whatever and just go on with your day. And those, you know, for, for those of you that follow me, I talk about the stress signal all the time. So one way you're getting super stressed out and mad and the other way you're just like, whatever. So that's a daily choice that you can make and notice, okay, am I, am I constantly going to this anger thing or am I just like, you know what? That's not worth my energy. That's not worth getting into. I'm going to stay in the positive vibe instead of the negative vibe and making the conscious choice to do that. And again, that's not just plastering a fake smile on your face. That is actually just making a choice. And you want to notice your daily choices because say that happens and you're on your way to a meeting. If you're really mad, how, what kind of energy are you going to bring into that meeting? But if you let it go and you just stay in whatever positive mode that you're in, or maybe it was just completely neutral, that's the energy you're going to bring into that meeting. And you make the choice of what you're going to do. So you're either going to walk in mad or you're going to walk in either neutral or, you know, in a positive, happy place. And you get to make the decision of what that looks like. So just pay attention to your choices. So what is your vision and how do you get there? You know, give yourself some credit from where you've come from because it's really important and giving yourself credit from where you've come from is going to take you to that next level. And then notice your daily choices. How are you stepping out in the world? What kind of energy are you bringing? Because it not only changes you, it changes every single person around you. So thank you all so much for joining me. I hope you got something out of you know ditching the bullshit rules today. I will see you all next week. Have a fabulous rest of the day. Amy Robinson is owner of My Life Delicious Nutrition Consulting Company. Reach out and learn more at mylifedelicious.com or call 832-875-2358. Thrive Life Radio, a Vinyl Tramp radio production.